Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, a little bit different episode. Today is the first consumer day for the 2022 National Sports Collectors Convention. I've been to all of them. And I just thought a little different thing here as I reflect on the years I went, certainly the last 17 years, I've been semi-retired, but all the years before that, I went as a leader, a CEO, a leader in the industry. I've got a lot of great friends in the hobby as well as outside the hobby. And one of them is Lee Colon, who has the L Group. He's a management leadership consultant, a friend of mine. And I think he's got a lot of wisdom. He's written some books. I don't think he's so aware of the hobby. When I meet people, everybody's aware of the hobby. They know that's what I either do or did. And many of them get a kick out of that. But leadership looked at from his perspective, having dealt with thousands of leaders as a consultant, he listed the top 10 reasons leaders fail. I thought, I wonder how many of them apply to me or apply to other leaders in our industry. I'm thinking of the CEOs and organizational leaders that have a lot on their plate, that they can't be involved in every day-to-day thing, but they're out there having to make the tough decisions. So anyway, first of all, thanks sponsors, all of whom are run by excellent leaders. Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I'm going to try not to single out, certainly in any negative way, the leaders of my sponsors, organizations, as well as other leaders in the industry. But anyway, number one from Lee Colin's perspective is leaders fail because they feel like they they have all the answers. And they don't just feel like they have all the answers. They they act like they have all the answers. And if you're the rank and file people, the leader doesn't have all the answers. When I was a leader, I didn't have all the answers, but I had a lot of answers. When you don't have all the answers, you've got to seek input, opinions. I really had a great team that I worked with that if I didn't have the answer, maybe they had the answer. And in cases, there was no answer. I think there's a lot of bluffing that goes on in this industry. I'm not a very good bluffer. If I have the answer, I'll tell you. If I don't, I'll give you an opinion. But I believe in truth and packaging. And again, your employees and your friends are your teammates there. They don't want you to mess up. Number two was not connecting with the person behind the employee. In other words, the real person, not just the task person, but the, the flesh and blood person that you're, that's, that's got issues at home or other uh, perspectives that reflect uh, what they're going through. And I didn't get great marks on that every year. I had a fabulous executive assistant who would connect. <laughs> and I had Joe Galindo, my good buddy. So my connecting many times with the person was uh, transitive, was through another person by proxy. And folks, that really doesn't count. If you have your uh, executive assistant write a note to a friend, you can't just sign your name under that with uh, her sentiment or her uh, handwriting. Again, I'm doing better on that. And I hope that all of my fellow leaders in the industry can see that there are real people in your company and real people in the hobby. I just got an email from somebody that was recovering from cancer. I didn't even know that. Well, now I know it. And so what am I going to do about it? I'm going to try to connect on a deeper level when I get the chance. Number three was slow decision-making. And I am uh, probably, you've heard of measure twice and cut once. I hate making mistakes. Lee talks about underutilizing intuition and experience. I didn't do that at all. I really overutilized my intuition, which was based on my experience. And I think some of the new leaders coming into our industry, they need to, slow is not bad if you're gathering information, but I'd had a lifetime of being a hobbyist. And so some of those decisions, I could be super fast 
And there wasn't any data. We didn't do any sampling. We didn't do test marketing. I just said, I'm willing to bet. And it was a good bet. It wasn't a 50-50 bet. I was pretty sure. And I was right a lot more often than I was wrong. I'm not invincible. <laughs> I'm not undefeated. But I won an awful lot more than I lost. Number four from Lee's perspective is unclear vision and expectations. The blurry expectations that lead to blurry results. I don't think our industry is doing bad on that. I think it's pretty clear when we've had this bull market and it's onward and upward for everybody. Well, now with more of a mixed market, you've got to set the expectations for your team and for your customers. But uh, I believe we did that. We wanted to have the most accurate price guide, the best tools, the best grading company. Everything we did, we wanted to do with excellence and maybe not perfection, but with just such a high degree of excellence that people could really count on the fact that we knew our stuff and we're marching straight ahead. I remember a time when I made a typo in the price guide and people just accepted it. And it was a typo that was off by a decimal point. I had added a zero to something and some people did not see that as a mistake. And so obviously in a monthly price guide, we could fix it the next month and uh, sorry, but a lot of these mistakes are not no harm, no foul. And that goes along with the fifth one that Lee has, the lack of personal integrity, that people won't follow you if they don't think you have integrity. Actually, I don't believe that's true, Lee. I think people follow leaders that don't have good personal integrity all the time. But when the going gets tough, there's not a level of trust there. If you're the leader and you're loyal to yourself, and you do what you think is best, people are going to figure that out. Even when you think no one's looking, people are looking. There's going to be somebody see. So you need to have a high degree of personal integrity. If you don't, you're going to have fair weather friends, fair weather employees, fair weather customers. They're going to use you or work with you as long as it's in their best interest. But it's been said that kind of the best managers get, get people to do things willingly that they really don't want to do and to do them with excellence. Number six was that poor leaders stop learning and changing and they feel arrived. They're complacent. Frankly, I think I may have done that toward the end. Before I sold the company, I was learning in many respects, but I think I just didn't have the same fire. And so it was time to sell to somebody and to allow the next generation to take over. My word to leaders out there in the industry, if you feel like you're stopping learning and changing, you need maybe a changing of the guard. If it's your company, you need to bring in some new leadership or do something to keep that dynamic element. This is just the greatest time the last few years to be in the hobby. If you've stopped learning, I feel bad for you because I know a lot, but I've got a lot more to learn. And that's my posture. I'm a lifelong learner. And I think the best CEOs are as well. Number seven, was an undisciplined approach to hiring employees. It happily failed on that. I think I did have an undisciplined approach. We hired employees we didn't need. We hired the best of athlete available, but I'll stand on my record. Now, in other companies, that could be bad. But in our company, to interview people and say, I want that person on my team. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I want them on my team. And it always worked out that within some period of time, it would be pretty clear where that person could make a contribution. And many people moved around within our company. I would say, don't be afraid of that one. If you're completely undisciplined, again, the only one I regret is, and I've mentioned this before, I, I didn't check references of one guy that had such sterling, he just had a great uh, way to... He just snowed me, so I was a guy. Number eight was organizational indigestion. I think I've mentioned this, that when I went to Harvard for a week, every February or late January, I'd come back with some great 
organizational ideas. Really, I think that was not help. I think I should have, for every three ideas, I should have just picked one. And a lot of times I did that. But when a new CEO comes in and they want to impose a new structure, new organizational roles, too much change at one time, it can be a recipe for confusion. I really always thought that if you want to sell new products to your old customers, that usually works. If you want to sell your established old products to new customers, that's good. But to sell new products to new customers, you haven't built the relationship there. Those are some of the things we're looking back. We just got into something new and we had some losers. More in the non-sports area. Now we had some big winners too, but number nine was the personal ego needs of the leader blur the needs of the team. The leader is self-serving. I've known narcissists that think they're Ego is above average, <laughs> and they're really pretty narcissistic. Most people don't think they're narcissistic or they're ego-driven, but everybody's ego-driven. To see, you know, who wants to wake up in the morning and think, well, how can I mess up today? How can I look bad? How can I confuse my team? I think that when I look back, I think, do I even get any credit for that? No, actually, I had such an outstanding team that it's hard to have too much personal ego when you think, hey, I'm really good at this, but hey, so are they. <laughs> so you're around a group of excellence. And I think that's really positive. And then the last one, which I'm doing the opposite of on this podcast, and I've seen this more in the classical kind of a leader in that number 10 is the leaders that fail talk more than they listen. And I absolutely talk more than I listen in smaller meetings. I want to move things along. I have this thing, if somebody's talking about something, three levels of intervention, let's say. One is interject. I'll just make a quick comment, a clarification, not disturbing the flow, but just to add in, yeah, I see what you're saying. Keep going, stuff like that. So I'm an active listener. And the second one that's a little more intrusive is the interruption, where I'll just stop somebody and say, hey, I'm not sure you're going the right direction. I'm not sure I'm liking this. What do you think? think about this, then allowing them to continue if they say, no, I, I get to that later. And then the third one, which I really try not to do, which I think bad leaders do, or people in meetings in general, is the kind of the interception where they intercept the ball and take it back in the opposite direction and hijack the meeting. And I try not to do that, but I probably did do that sometimes. In some cases, I was the oldest person in the room. Is that a value? Sometimes when it's based on knowing what happened back in the day before people were born, those kinds of decisions, I had more hobby experience than anybody in the room. If there was a decision called for that involved that, I would speak more than I would listen. On the other hand, if it's what's going on right now, which I'm trying to cover occasionally in my podcast, I need to be listening. And that's why I'm really having a good time with doing these interview podcasts. And I've had many CEOs on. And when there's two CEOs, which one is going to talk more than listen? Well, I'm the host, but still, I want to hear what they have to say, but I want to be an active listener. If you're a leader in the industry, actually, regardless of leadership or influencing, I want to be influencing the influencers and uh, some of these classic leadership traits don't apply in the same way to a less structured environment with influencers. You still have to have personal integrity. And if you don't, that's going to be a problem. And you still got to keep learning and you've got to have some level of structure. Um, but what a great hobby that we all love. Send me your comments, drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. And uh, still looking for more guests to have, topics, all that stuff. Just uh, send them to me and uh, contact me or see me at the National today. So I will uh, look forward to seeing you and hearing from you. Everybody is a leader and an influencer on some level in some sphere. So be the best you can be. Thanks.